1: Now is the time for the intro. Intro. My, episode 101. Okay, good. Carmudgeon
0: Show, Haggerty Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Jason Kamisa. Mm-hmm. I'm Derek Tam hyphen Scott. And
1: Derek has gotten a facelift. He looks so young. You look wonderful. <laughs> you look 10 years younger. You look so well-rested. So but this you is looked better face- before.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, because, oh, that's actually how facelifts work, isn't it?
1: Uh, that's the the question that we're going to ponder in this episode yes are the are cars uh, always best in their earliest expression or do they occasionally get better looking with a facelift that's it that's the topic um fine if that's going to be it then i should also remind everyone that the, the car Magazine show is part of the Haggerty podcast network and Haggerty is currently running a 60-day free trial for Haggerty drivers club which is a not just a club it's like the american automobile club only just Run by Haggerty instead of Americans, um, <laughs> but HTC <laughs> hcc includes roadside guaranteed flatbed roadside assistance. Uh, it includes magazine, includes discounts on uh, car clubs, special events, stuff from from all kinds of different merchants. Uh, and you can sign up for sixty day free trial, get a copy of the magazine, see what you think, and cancel it if you hate us. But that's a way to support the Carmudgeon show and all of the. Um, Shit that we make here the, in the Haggerty uh, media commentary. Department. Yeah, there's yes. a link somewhere. You'll figure the fuck out. That's a okay. <laughs> <laughs> or similar or similar. And there you go. Derek's gonna clap. Yes, that
0: one wasn't bad, if I may say so.
1: paolo what do you think? <laughs> B minus.
0: <laughs> what is it, Jason? Hello. Weren't, oh. you
1: supposed, weren't you supposed to read something
0: uh read something oh uh yes um lucid had some mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. that they wanted us to to share yep. uh so yes what did they say let me read here once upon a time oh no wait uh every car Margin listener knows about the lucid air mm-hmm. the longest range fastest charging luxury electric car in the world mm-hmm. it's designed in california assembled in arizona and jason over there on your side of the screen Uh, has made more than a few videos about its incredible performance. What you might not know about, however, is the special lease and finance offers available on 2023 models of the Lucid Air Touring and Grand Touring. Get a new lease on electric. Visit lucidmotors.com for offer details. Uh, I think that's all I have to say on that subject. But anyway, yeah, like we've got a sponsor. Mega exciting. Uh, Is there anything else we needed to cover?
1: No, I think that's it. Okay.
0: Splendid. Uh, Then in that case, let's get back to the uh, original uh, episode. Excuse me. Sorry. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. See ya. Uh,
1: I promise I will not play any more Katie Lang songs during the filming of this. However...
0: when we were driving through... Southern Alberta. Alberta. Okay, look, there was the a lyrics big, to that song. Big boned girl. Big
1: boned gal was the name of the song. And she said she was a big boned gal from Southern Alberta. You just couldn't call her small. So that's what we're going to have to listen to. Katie Lang is one of the most the underappreciated vocal artists of our time. She's an unbelievable voice.
0: Speak for yourself, whippersnapper.
1: Uh, <laughs> no, she's a spectacular voice. I don't know why more people don't know her. Um, She was country. She was, I think the first, she might've been the first uh, out lesbian in like Nashville sort of country scene. And she was shunned there. So some of her, one of her albums is a little bit more disco. So country themed because she's from Alberta, which we just discussed is the Texas of Canada. but so little country, little jazz, little disco, little fun. She's amazing, but just an incredible songwriter and incredible vocalist. And from Edmonton, Alberta, where we're hopefully going to be going to pick up our new box
0: Yes, mm-hmm. if we can find a time that we are all free.
1: Anyway, uh, yes, and <laughs> we can find a, a month <laughs> because it might take us quite a long time to nurse a uh, thirty how many years how 43 40, year old yeah. 43 year old english car uh, across 1500 miles and over a mountain range <sighs> okay anyway well um, is this the
0: time where we talk about Haggerty uh, roadside
1: <laughs> no <laughs> yeah hold on i gotta find out who's responsible for roadside internally at Haggerty and just be very nice to them we may be using your services quite a lot um no this is the time where we talk about fache lift
0: Yes. This episode was inspired by my friend Tom, who said, had some controversial points of view that he voiced, and I thought they were worth unpacking. For
1: those of you who don't live in California, when someone who lives on the West Coast and is from the West Coast des- describes something as a controversial point of view, uh, I'll translate that into New York. That motherfucker was totally wrong. He's an idiot, an imbecile, doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. What did he say to you that was so incredibly egregiously incorrect? <laughs>
0: uh well i'm still entertaining the idea that he could be correct but i have come up with a few counterpoints
1: that's a that's i'll translate that <laughs> up in california maybe i was fucking wrong but you know i don't know i'm thinking about it <laughs> anyway he says okay that motherfucker said <laughs> uh, are we gonna just keep doing this the translation the entire episode I'll just, like that yeah uh
0: yes uh make a brooch <laughs> uh, he says that the earliest expression of a design is always the best he's wrong
1: Wow, that took me no time at all to disagree.
0: That, so really? let's find, well, the, the, this is the part where I found it to be controversial. When we were talking about the Ferrari 348 versus the 355, this is how we got on the subject, because he has a 348. And he said the 348 is better than the 355 to look at, and I feel that way about every car where they did you know a meaningful yeah, but, the, but, 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 but hold on, the 348 also. was a
1: 328, which was a 308, which was a 246 oh, Dino. The, That's the same design language evolved over the five The 348
0: steps. was like a newish car, though. You're talking about like a car where they came out with a new car.
1: The 348 was a longitudinal-engined version of the 328, which was the same base frame. Yeah, I'm, and more importantly, the same design language just extended. From so, Tom, you're Chester fucking Rosa. wrong, and then you're fucking wrong again. <laughs> Sorry, I just, he doesn't.
0: He live in New York. He does this yes. Tom
1: person. He should. You understand what I'm saying, right? He's from um, Texas, though. I know from the from the Edmonton, Texas Alberta <laughs> the uh, the, uh, of America. <laughs> anyway. Um, Okay, so I happen to think the 348 is beautiful. I happen to also think the 355 is beautiful, the 328 is beautiful, and the 308 is beautiful, and the 246 Dino is beautiful.
0: The 340, the relationship, like from a design perspective, of the 348 and 355 is very close, yeah. though. It's like the difference between a 996 and a 97, where, you know, like you put new faces on the front and back, mm-hmm. uh, but the architecture, like the chassis, it's actually the same chassis. Right. Uh, And so maybe this is the standard of care of talking about facelift or, you know, the same thing happened with the Jag XJ40 versus X300 versus X308. These are the 80s and 90s XJ6s where they just put new faces on them, but like the windows are interchangeable, for example.
1: Okay, so to shut Tom up right off the bat, all I have to do is say E65. So the E65 7 BMW 7 Series. He would say that he prefers the first one. He's wrong. Even... Chris Bangle doesn't prefer the first one. And let's not forget the point of a facelift. It's not necessarily to unfuck the things that you fucked up the way BMW did. It's BMW has come up with the name Life Cycle Impulse, LCI. And that is because how, when the car becomes a certain age, they want to do something to just generate a couple of additional sales and a quickie, yeah, a quickie facelift will generate some sales without incurring huge development costs. Um, in the case of the E 65, the facelift, the LCI was the single most, and I just verified this again recently, the single most uh, successful LCI in the company's history in terms at generating of sales? additional sales. Mm. Um, by his own admission. Well, that's because
0: the first one was so ugly.
1: Well, not according to Tom. But but ac- according to. Um, uh, I was at a many, many, many years ago, uh, like a Stanford sort of presentation, and Chris Bangle gave this presentation. I wanted him dead. I mean, like, I was going to show up with a fucking yeah, because Uzi. Because he
0: ruined. Well, but the, the most you, beautiful cars, yeah, sort take, of E38 regular cars, yeah, yeah, took
1: turned into an E sixty five. But I, jo- I, joke about that. I do not condone violence, especially gun violence, and especially you know automatic weapons. But the, when I listen to him talk, he, he's a genius. The man's a genius. The man is absolute genius. And I, the motives behind the work that they did at BMW were valiant. However, however, the fucking car was hideous, and he even he said they got a lot of E sixty five wrong. Mm. um well i could have told you that well but but
0: no but to hear that from the designer himself yeah. is um, not something that a lot of designers are willing
1: to do well because they you know i think they realized they just didn't finish it they, the, he said the proportions were wrong the windshield was at the wrong angle everything just wasn't right the car wasn't done and they shat it out he didn't use that term i am um but i think that's a pretty clear same thing honestly with e uh e 90 three series BMW. yeah
0: i think the e90 facelift it is a car that transforms it into a car that makes me feel slightly unwell into like when it's facelifted i'm like this is genuinely handsome i
1: could i could deal with it the car is amazing to drive and i couldn't deal with the way it looked until the facelift and also the iDrive um but i i hmm okay here's another one volkswagen cabriolet so the early cars for the U.S., this is
0: like eighty-three ish versus like eighty-nine when. 80, they went yeah, to eighty-eight
1: got the Clipper kit, which, yeah, which was side
0: skirts and body color bumpers, fender flares, and fender flares. Um,
1: yeah, it's a full uh, '80s aesthetic kit. Which which brings in the whole concept, the whole discussion of bumpers, right? Because mm-hmm. so a lot of the facelifts that we saw in the '80s in the U.S. were at the end of the five-mile-an-hour bumper requirements. Then it's not the end. It was I the think end. it's the technology.
0: The tech, right. They developed a technology which made it not make your eyes burn when
1: you looked at a five mile an hour car yeah so that's true so for example the beginning of the mercedes of course invented this right with the invented what
0: well this sort of like five mile an hour bumpers that aren't uh, just an abomination with the 126 they were the integrated plastic deformable bumper instead of like the 116 1980
1: they were that early that they had the world bumpers well, no,
0: they were always U.S. and Euro right. bumpers look different, mm-hmm. but the U.S. bumpers for the first time were not hideous like yeah. they were on the 116 or 123
1: yeah. or 107. Right. The, the the 116 was, I mean, they were Extremely on hydraulic handicapped. yeah, Extremely um, aesthetically handicapped. But if you look at the, the VWs, so you have the early chrome bumper and then the early U.S. bumper cars. So Mark 1, uh, the Cavalier, right? Or Golf, right? And then at the end, the last couple of years, that car was in production from 83. Three until 93 so it was 10 years so in the early car you had these delicate little beautiful european bumpers that didn't work and then these horrible u.s bumpers that worked but were ugly and at the end all of the cars got the same bumpers as a world bumper but they got those side skirts and fender flares mm-hmm. i would say the car really gelled most in its design at the end
0: yeah I think the early European cars, though, like if you look like a... Um, Swallowtail GTI or Swallowtail
1: uh, Golf, yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay, but they right? modernized the aesthetic and you know, I, I also like those clipper kit cars because you start to see some Porsche aesthetic characteristics creeping in, which I think is kind of neat. Like the wheel design, to me, looks a lot like the design 90 wheel that Porsche was using uh, and the, on the nine to, uh, 928s and oh, okay. 964. And also the steering wheels, the airbag steering wheel is exactly the same as the Porsche steering wheel. So to me, it's like... Of slightly Porscheification of that car, which I think is kind of Which neat. is kind of hilarious, yes. of a Cabriolet. Yes.
1: Um what They're just butching it up a little. What about Mark 1 Scirocco versus Mark 2 Scirocco versus Mark 2 16-valve Scirocco, which will all have the same exact chassis. Those are basically two facelifts. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Everyone loves the Mark 1 better. I don't. I think the last, the the 16-valve was the best.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit more um, cogent, maybe? a little bit uh it's
1: just a cleaner shape hmm why does everyone like the mark one better they yeah, just it's some more to like
0: angular 70s mm. vibe yeah it looks more dated to me but but you know you're buying an old car you want it to be right. dated i suppose <laughs> uh, uh yeah so the you know a lot of people are so i remember my mother was a jaguar xj6 owner and had a uh Series 3 XJ and, you know, I think one of the most beautiful sedans ever made. And then the the XJ40 came out in the late 80s, which was that boxy-shaped Jaguar. And everyone is really offended by it. I will say that now that I look at those cars, I think they've aged beautifully. And I actually kind of like them now. Uh, But when the 300 came out, which is when they went back to the four round headlights and the curvaceousness, uh, everyone was like, thank the Lord, they've unfucked this thing. But now that I look back, I actually like the boxy ones quite well
1: yeah but do you like them as well as the series threes no i mean but that's
0: it's the most beautiful sedan ever made you know potentially
1: which do you like better the the square headlight ones or the the final the aluminum ones that came after i never remember the jaguar numbers
0: uh so so there were three three, generations mm -hmm. of round headlight ones Mm -hmm. after the square one the square one is the xj40 then they facelifted it to the x300 which were still six Mm -hmm. cylinders but then they put uh, back to round round headlights
1: which look better than the square headlights so you're uh, still saying the low point in design was the square headlights.
0: No, I think the fish tank, I actually really like the fish tank headlights. Those are the rectangle headlights mm-hmm. as opposed to four round yeah. headlights mm-hmm. in this rectangle car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where I mean, the, you need the nomenclature here yeah. to streamline this conversation. Uh, I actually prefer the late XJ40s now aesthetically, which I never thought would happen to me.
1: Funny how time changes though. Right? Yeah,
0: it really does. And the more time that passes, the more you look back on the early ones, you know, this was happening because everyone of course wants the new car when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Countaches, I think are an interesting example of this too, right? The early Countaches that don't have any fender flares, that don't have any junk, that don't have any spoilers or any wings or anything on mm-hmm. them. You know, everybody now is like, yeah, that's the one to get. It's the most pure and sort of seventies. But, you know, I kind of like the '80sness of the later ones, even though they're tacky, you know, yeah. the, the, the isn't the whole point of Lamborghini,
1: I mean... Is to be distasteful. Right. Well, the whole point is to just to be tacky, I think, of a, of a Lamborghini. And if you want a non-tacky Lamborghini, you go for Mura, And I think Mura was prettier than early Kodosh. Or a
0: Spada. Spada's the four-seater. That's like the antithesis. Anytime you put a four-seater like Italian exotic, it automatically sort of un, um, Douches. undouches the but car. But that I
1: never thought was beautiful. No, it's not beautiful, but it's striking. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah. It, And, you know, that's a car that I've warmed up to. That's another car, f- like, to me, definitively, the early version is more attractive than the late version. The, they, they look largely the same, but there was a few things that you lost. The early ones have the knockoff wheels, which have the Miura-style spinners, which are just, like, some of the most sinister, th- like, torture device-looking things mm. ever. Anything that has knockoffs instead of bolt-on wheels is automatically cooler. And then the early Espadas had these really psychedelic... Uh, gauge clusters mm-hmm. where they live inside of hexagons and it's just a bunch of hexagons in front of you, each of which has a gauge in it uh, as opposed to like a fairly normal looking gauge cluster with right. some wood trim, which is what they did on the series threes and maybe the series twos as well. So that's a car where like for sure the early version, you know, it just, I think mm-hmm. it genuinely depends on the car.
1: Renault R5 turbo turbo mm-hmm. one versus turbo two, mm-hmm. but this isn't, this is less of a facelift and more of a, how do we continue to make this by and pull all of the, expense out of it because mm-hmm. they, the turbo ones had a completely bespoke interior and the turbo twos is had a regular Renault r5 interior yeah but yeah. that turbo one i think is one of the coolest interiors of all time
0: and they are yeah i mean with the psychedelic blue seats with the orange accents, blue and red and, or red and blue, red blue red and that was it yeah yeah it's really cool uh but then oh another one where the light is definitively better to me is the integrale I think the Integrale looks much better in Evo form than it does in, like, the eight-valve early cars. I mean, it
1: just kept getting wider and wider and wider. But the
0: cleanup of the bumper, I think, really, you know...
1: I think a lot of the facelift stuff really comes where where they got better and better and better, came from better bumper integration more than anything else.
0: Yeah, certainly in that era. In that era, yeah. Uh, Um,
1: There is... Uh, Testarossa is a really interesting example that you actually yes. mentioned offline um, because that starts out as not a Testarossa. That starts out as... I mean, I guess that design language... It's, we a, could,
0: it's a new car, effectively. Okay. So we talk about they Testarossa... Because like the pa- they substantially changed the packaging.
1: Okay, so we can start the Testarossa line, lineage at not at a 512BB with the Testarossa, which, became, which was Monospecchio first, mm-hmm. then it became two mirrors, and then it became five bolt wheels, then it became the 512 TR and then it became the 512 M. That's right. What's your feeling on that?
0: This is the thing where your objectivity becomes compromised. For me, the two two things. As a child, I I desperately wanted a 512 TR. I still do. It's one of my favorite fuel-injected Ferraris. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is having driven them all You like the experience so much more of the the 512 TR that I think I choose the 512 TR. From a design purity standpoint, if you're just looking at it as a design artifact, I could see an argument in favor of the early cars because it's just everything is a straight line, right? There's maybe something discordant about the 512 TR because it's got this sort of rounded grille and rounded lights on the front of the car, but the, the side of the car in profile is all straight lines yeah. and so you say like oh it's a little discordant to have like the roundy faces elements with the straight line elements from the side i i think it's genuinely effective and i think the 512 tr is genuinely my preference uh but i can definitely see from like a design's perspective if you were to say like to someone who doesn't know anything about cars but is a designer and has like a keenly developed sense of aesthetics and architecture whatever the wherever their domain is you give them a test and a 512 tr they might be like the the early car is more harmonious mm. for the sort of straight lininess of the whole car which it was lost on the later
1: ones well wow. and then unequivocally the 512 m is an abomination and oh, should God. be burned you you scared me because <laughs> <laughs> i thought you might say anything nice about it but holy shit that is it's amazing how a company like ferrari could take that design and fucking ruin it to that extent
0: you know, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you having just called an abomination.
1: Um, I do well here. I, when I was at Villa there was a, there was one. There was a Sotheby's auction, and there was every single um, iteration. Mm-hmm. Right, the, they are they are all beautiful and they are all harmonious. Whether so, the the TR and the M have a different back end that's a little bit more humpbacked than it was done for Arrow.
0: Yes, there's a more of a. F- uh, curved like 911 ish rear end. It's convex slightly instead mm-hmm. of concave. Yeah,
1: that's right. And so when you really, you got to really look, right? TR base, TR base. And okay, you can kind of see the difference. And yes, those are little details. But when you look at a 512M and you look at those stupid ass fucking taillights and the horrendous smiling front end that clearly came from a rounded car. Yeah, um, it's from a 355. Right. It didn't work at all. Yeah. And I'm sure they're wonderful to drive.
0: But yes, probably the best.
1: Are they, so they're that b- substantially better than no, 512 TR? No, it's not TR?
0: substantially better than 512 TR. And so whenever I'm having a Testarossa conversation with someone who's like, I want a Testarossa, I'm like, buy 512 TR. Because then you don't have to look at a 512 M, and the difference between those two cars is relatively small compared to the difference between the TR and the and early the Regular Testarossa.
1: Testarossa, which were, you know, that's a huge difference. Yeah, substantial. I, yeah. All right, so there's... There's one where we agree with Tom that like the first one is probably from an aesthetic
0: standpoint purely. Right.
1: But we're talking the detail. We're talking details here. It's like, you know, 9.9, 9.9, 9.8, 9.8, (laughs) 3.2. So, you know, the the first couple of iterations are almost as good. Yeah. Um, What about, so we talked about BMW's bad years with the E90 and E65s. What about things like E38, which were the BMW's good years or E46? E46 had three different front ends. Coupe, C- coupes, and sedan. Remember. Oh, and the the compact. <laughs> Possibly five different because I think the coupe had. Because there were two, you know, in, Jesus, the two Christ, in the beginning, two in the late, and then there was yeah, the, compact, the compact.
0: And I don't know if the compact ever got facelifted. Uh, would, I don't know anything about the compact. I don't remember.
1: But the, but w- we can s- simplify with E thirty eight, right? Or an E E39. thirty nine. E thirty nine is another one. That car was stunningly beautiful out of the box, early or late. E38. That's <laughs> what I choose. Okay, so if we're talking E38, there was two. No, no, no I mean like two.
0: if I'm talking about E39, my answer is E38. I think the E38 is better looking than the E39.
1: I'd agree with that. Better proportions.
0: Yeah, the short high deck, the mm-hmm. sort of like wedginess of the E38, eight, which the E39 doesn't have. Mm-hmm. The if you look at it directly from behind, I think the e 38 aspect ratio is too low high aspirate like it's just too squat from the back Mm -hmm. like it needs to be drawn out a little it's just exactly what they did with the e38 Mm -hmm. so to me the e38 is just stunning i think it's the best looking bmw sedan ever made oh just checking to make sure i truly believe i mean
1: yeah i hear your hard drive (laughs) um you should upgrade to solid state (laughs) yeah um you know here's the thing f30 i think is a beautiful beautiful car terrible pile of shit to drive but beautiful car um But I don't know if it'll stand the test of time the way E38, e thirty did. I don't think it will.
0: That's interesting, yes, because I do remember when the F30 came out, and I was like, that's very good looking. And then I, like, interacted with one, and I was like, this is awful. And then I can't look at the car objectively anymore because I have difficulty parsing, separating the the driving experience
1: and the sort of perceived quality Mm -hmm. from the, the looks of the car um i think so i know e38 facelift which mm-hmm. was the last was there only one facelift yeah okay it was a 2001 it was a single year oh no, no no 99
0: to 90 99 2000 2001 but they okay. did facelift it slightly Again, for 01 for because a one. They put lower uh, cladding was body color mm-hmm. instead of black and they changed the, the clear headlight partners. no right. the headlights were done in 99
1: didn't it, wasn't there a one a different a t- it's like a corner marker that was different than
0: it's clear instead of orange that but was the, only difference? It's the same okay. as a 2099
1: I don't know which I like better. I think I like the earlier one better.
0: Yeah, I've uh, had conversations with people who are really strongly in the early car camp. Mm -hmm. Um, I choose the late car myself personally, but I think, again, that's because uh, there was the Shorty Sporty, which wasn't available in the U.S. on the pre-facelift cars. And the combination of the m Tech suspension and the 18-inch M-Parallels, which I think are just the way to have that car, Uh, and and this so this is a reflection of the ways that the cars were available in the Mm -hmm. u.s you know a short wheelbase 750 pre-facelift on uh, m parallels in europe you know could be maybe the the answer but for me it's like i have to choose a facelift car because i want a short wheelbase
1: sport package car uh so it's a similar thing with e39s which is why i i live in you've owned an e38 i've owned two e39s mm -hmm. um the the early car, I think, was a more pure design, and it was the better design. I like the shape of the uh, on the front F- end. You know like the, fog, the round lights. fog lights. Right. The later car had, instead of two eyes with the, with the headlights, it had three eyes, because it had eye, eye, and then that round turn signal, and then a fourth round element down below, which was mm-hmm. just a, like off-the-shelf Pia fog light from the looks of it, mm. um, whereas the early car had but angel two eyes. I, Angel eyes. Right. Angel eyes
0: completely transformed totally.
1: the automotive industry. Yeah.
0: We don't talk about angel eyes ever, but that is like the origin of all these sort of like designed daytime running light. Light Uh, signature. Yeah. It
1: really created the first genuine front light signature.
0: Yeah. I have this extraordinarily vivid memory of I was driving back to I was driving on Highway 280 at night and uh an m5 it was dusk and he had the fog lights and the angel eyes on but not the headlights mm-hmm. and so in the distance you just see like the and the, he he converted them to the amnitza um, blue ones mm-hmm. so it's like you're looking at these xenon colored angel eyes and fog lights only coming up you know in the left side with like a significant speed difference and i'm just like holy fuck yeah, just- that's the coolest thing i've ever seen I in 03 I like, got
1: my I got my wagon. It was it was a year old, but I got and that was a facelift car. So I had a ninety seven and an 03. So I had the first year and the last year of E thirty nines. Um, for the U.S. market. For the U.S. market. And what I loved is every single thing I didn't love. There was nothing I didn't like, but there were things that I didn't love about the early car were all addressed by the later car. So it went from a four-speed automatic to a five-speed automatic. Uh, and it was a GM sluggish kind of slush bo- boxy automatic to a ZF. ZF five-speed that was crisp and whatever. Uh, engine family went from M52 to M54, and that there were a bunch of upgrades there. Uh, little things, like there was a, cr- a weird cruise control main button that was hidden that was stupid there was no reason for that and a research button on the wheel and so they moved that they got rid of the research button and replaced it with um, the cruise control every little thing i didn't love about that car was one comprehensively addressed steel sunroof went to glass um but it had angel eyes and i I, the first pictures i took of that car were angel eyes and fogs and no headlights even though i had xenons on that car which was my first xenon car it was spectacular but i would kill to have an early car um, with the the late Celis taillights, because the taillights were gorgeous too.
0: Those are controversial. Some people don't like it.
1: Oh, I thought that... Back in the day and When now. they came
0: out, you're like, it's so crisp, it was, it's so modern, it's it was so contemporary different. looking. And they had clear... Because Jaguar did the same thing in 98, and the E39 got it in 99. Yeah. So that was like what everyone was doing was the sort of...
1: Um, this, well, and they had clear turn signals in the back versus the amber, you know, the yeah. amber plastic. For the U.S. For the U.S. That was just... Uh, stunning but so what i did on my early cars, is i put the Cellus tail lights in mm-hmm. in the back but i couldn't do the angel eyes at front mm-hmm. that was i think what we're saying on that car is the earlier design same e38 and e39 the earlier design was better but there were functionality improvements that we liked later on
0: yes and that's true you know of Rosa is true of a whole bunch of different cars uh, and it, it's also been interesting for me to watch my reaction to these cars evolve over time yes. because the, the case where I get it is X300 versus X38 Jaguar XJ when they went from the six to eight cylinders. When the eight cylinder one that had the clear diamond effect lights or whatever that you call them, they did that for the headlights and the taillights and the side markers and everything. When it came out, I was like, old one instantly shit. Now that <laughs> time, time goes by, I actually prefer the older ones more. Uh, And so you initially, you're like, oh, new, shiny, and you get into it. And then, uh, you know, after some time passes, I actually do often find myself returning to preferring. Yeah, exactly. Agreeing with Tom that the early cars are actually the better ones to interact
1: with. aesthetically. So we're going to end the argument right now. W124 Mercedes.
0: Yeah, I know. That's the one. I I mean, mean,
1: look, the 201 got better with a facelift, right?
0: Yeah, unequivocally
1: without question, right? Yes. And 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 was although I don't think Bruno sacco himself likes the 2316 body kit. Mm. Um I think I read somewhere that he didn't. But the 124 went from looking like an unfinished frump machine, frumpy 201.
0: Yeah, because the the black bumpers and the r- rub strips and it just looks cheap. It looks um yeah, it looks cheap. Yeah. The early 124s do. Instead of the cladding. The cladding really the cladding the it car. and that
1: grill That integrated grill, grill? oh my God, yeah, that went from went from looking like a 126 to looking like a 140, right? That that accelerated Uh, twenty years uh, of design.
0: You were sort of there when it happened and have this recollection of associating one with each of the others. Well, you just
1: look at a 1995 E320 versus a 1985, you know, 300E. Yeah, and the cars look 15 years apart, and it's the same friggin' car. Yeah. Um,
0: because uh, one of our friends who uh, has a Formatic wagon mm-hmm. one, he prefers pre facelift. I think it's just, he's wrong. It's like a <laughs> okay. it's like a, um, He's yeah, gonna listen to this as as they're, right. as, because they're old cars. Now you want the sort of more distant feeling car, the car that like like for example, I had a nine twelve, and that car just looks so nineteen sixties, right? Mm-hmm. Chrome window trim, skinny tires, high ride height, like small bumpers, you know, and at the same time, I owned a Carrera 3 Two, which is 80s sified and there's no chrome, and the wheels are wider, and it just looks a lot more contemporary and familiar, and, and, like, it's not as remotely in the past, whereas you get this really evocative 1960s aesthetic with a 912. And the difference in people's reactions, you know, this was now 10 years ago when I owned both of those cars, is really strong, because one looks decisively from another era, looks mm-hmm. more vintage, and people reacted much more strongly to that car for that reason. And so, you know, nowadays, as time goes by, maybe the earliest like unequivocally he prefers the cladding but you know instead the older grill and amber corners is preferable because mm. it makes the car feel more distant and farther more away from that average era, right. and farther away from now
1: I, that's a really interesting point i just think that's a preference i'm buying this car to look old so therefore i want it to look old but from a design strictly design thing which one is a better integrated fully complete comprehensive design. Is the well,
0: question. let's bring out the 512 TR argument, uh, right? That car is composed almost entirely of straight lines and now you're introducing a curved element on the front of it. Well,
1: I know. I think we agree that the early ones are probably better, but we prefer the late ones for...
0: No, no, no. For the 124. When you facelift the 124, you introduce a curved element to something that otherwise would just be this incredibly rational, crisp, straight line arrangement on the front what? of the car when you uh, when you facelift a 124. What's curved? The, the corners of the top corners of the headlights where the grille is.
1: Oh, come on. That's not really a curve. Yeah, I mean, it it's is. just the hood becoming. Yeah, going it's,
0: br- it's kind of 90s organic blobified instead of like extremely rational bunch of straight
1: lines. I see what you mean. But that is a tiny little detail element that I don't think you're not rounding. You're not doing like 512M where you're no, putting no, no. Ha- a smiley, happy face on a, on a square car. Um, what you're doing is just integrating a, a grill into the metal, the, the waterfall effect yes. of metal yes. from the hood rather than having it clunked on the outside. Yes. What, who did that? All? BMW did that. E36. That's an, another interesting one. E36 uh, pre versus post facelift. It's very subtle it was mostly but the, you notice that the, the bl- grill moved from the outside to the inside right
0: yes yes spilling out into the mm-hmm. hood uh but mostly what you notice with those cars is they paint all the black stuff body color yeah. which
1: modernizes
0: yeah. the looks that's
1: a, that's the a thing lot. that really gets me so i love the idea of like a planned facelift mm-hmm. oh i shouldn't say i love what irritates me i actually don't love it like honda honda will always do yeah they'll always do uh yellow turn signal lenses and then pre-facelift they'll revert. it's Almost yes. always back in the day, yes. you just yes. turn signal on top that's yellow or like amber, and then the red, red brake light below. And then at facelift, they reverse them and make it clear. clear. Yeah. Like that's just always a Honda thing. And you're like, all right, stop making it so fucking predictable. Like, yes. just we know that's going to be reversed and it's going to be clear glass. Just give it to us now. What are you doing? Yeah.
0: Except for the emergency back end facelift that they did on the Accord uh, in like 04. Five. There was I... one Accord sedan where the back was so ugly that they like emergency redid the back end because it was so hideous.
1: I don't remember that. This
0: is like this is like oh five ish or four somewhere yeah. back then. Uh, but hmm. yeah, there was an emergency like one year only thing that they did, which I which is exactly the right answer. I mean, they right. good for them for taking the feedback on like BMW on the E 65, which well, took several years, several years, to, they, instead of like, there have
1: been, I'm trying to think of other emergency facelifts, other like one year only cars before they got. Didn't like,
0: they do that with the Honda Civic in 2012 or something? 12 like Civic it was, was really year, widely yeah. panned. And so they substantially yeah. revised it.
1: 2012, uh Subaru WX, but that was a tuning thing less than a styling thing. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. They did a massive redo of that car for 13. Um, that's interesting i love like for example when you look at 92 to 95 camry for example mm, yes 92 93 camry was spectacular i'm sorry it's one of the best looking japanese sedans ever made and then they took that full width rear Reflector tail light off. and made like tulip leaf shaped yes, yes it didn't work
0: yeah the early one for sure is just and it just the whole heck blender thing there's yeah. like an entire g- community of people so who are into heck blender yeah. Heck blenda is the full width reflector that goes across the back of the car. Yeah. It's a very like I don't know 80s 90s sort 80s of thing, 90s, yeah. Uh, and so now, of course, with Radwood, it's just one of those little characteristics from that era that gets really uh, fetishized, yeah. and not not in a bad way, but I think it's kind of neat. To have mm. that characteristic because you associate it, you think of a car that's very maximum 90s, and you're like, oh, it's a definitely. A, and of course, Porsche did started it in the 70s with the mm. full 911 with the full width reflector. But I mean, just think about the cars like that, that like that generation of Camry has the Heck Blender yeah. Alpha 164. I mean, there's so many cars car. that, that do stuff like that mm. from that era where you're just like a Mercury Sable, first generation Mercury Sable versus the Taurus yes. got it, and you it know, was it, lighted on the front, so it a front. front blender as <laughs> yes. well as a Heck Blender. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's like a. Um,
1: I'm just, I'm trying as your period, very period thing. And I'm, I'm thinking nineties. And as you're saying this, another car that got much better looking with the, uh, with the facelift Corrado.
0: Oh, it wasn't
1: necessarily a facelift. It was, they had to re-engineer the front of the car for the VR six versus the 1.8 liter G60s. I think it's pretty subtle it's pretty subtle but when you see the two cars next to each other so the 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 four-cylinder car had an inset hood and the vr6 has a hood bulge Mm -hmm. um and then the fenders are much wider on the vr6 and i it was one of those like oh it's a corrado and then you see them next to each other and you're like one of them looks like it's been working out and the other one looks like it's you know had malnourishment malnourishment (laughs) um it's really an interesting concept, though, is which always looks better because is it just a question of do we like the more modern stuff because it's yes. more modern?
0: Yes. Do we like new for the sake of new mm-hmm. or do we like the original because that is the sort of like uh, most pure expression of the design? Uh, and it depends on... I bet there's like a correlation between whether the original designer did the facelift or whether, you know, like I fucked off and did something else and was doing the first design of some other model. So then some other group of designers were like, we're just going to freshen this up. We're not going to bother the main designer of this car because they're working on another new design. I
1: think the question becomes really much more interesting if you pull out bumper regulation design and integration like bumper technology. So Mm -hmm. that like eliminates all the really terrible early shit that you had Mm in the 70s and 80s in the U.S. that wound up getting better. And if you pull out... Fox
0: body... Arrow headlights I that mean, whole 1986 that, Arrow right. headlight thing that instead of having the square or round sealed right. beam so you got to pull the three that. headlight options.
1: You pull that kind of stuff out because obviously no one is going to think that a 1984 Mercedes 190 or 85 with the stupid recessed sealed beam sealed beam is ever going to be as as good as the original. But that's yes. not a facelift that was a technology and regulation thing. Yes. I just had one and I can't remember what the fuck it was. Um it was a, another car that got better. Damn it. What continent? I don't remember if I remember that. I remember what it was, but I think if we pull out the technology and bumper design, we find that actually, uh, it is usually the, the original that's best. But E sixty five is definitely an example of E sixty five. Yeah. E sixty five series was another one that did not, that did mm. not suffer from its facelift. W one
0: twenty four, I agree. The the later ones. I mean, you have to have the yeah. cladding for it to be no, a I good do. looking one. E forty six, the coupe facelift I thought was a little fussy the non-M ones the, the one where they had like a weird random like bulge thing below the headlights well the
1: beautiful so the beautiful so let's talk 46 headlights because to me the original one had two perfectly round they were like somebody like an take, E38 yeah exactly two lower cutouts scallops. for the headlights scallops exactly then that became they became stretched like almost pontiac where they were sort mm. of stretched and they were ovoid mm-hmm. and then the coupe got the dick-shaped one was like a penis head and this triangular thing and then a straight mm-hmm. line mm-hmm. and the organic shape uh, okay, penis is technically an organic shape but the organic <laughs> shape of the original two little perfect round well, ones well there's
0: this very German characteristic which is that the function of the headlights and the necessary mm-hmm. roundness of them directly influences the design and that is the least fussy way to execute that
1: so 996 for <sighs> pre- your post facelift there's a good question one, because yeah. the 996 the original one was a cost cut Yes, you know things. we can talk
0: about shinjitsu for a m- moment. Wow. I always like to talk about. <laughs> well, thank who? you, uh, Porsche. You know, almost went out of business in the '90s, uh, and they realized that they were just producing... And this was true Volkswagen. Also, at the same time, they they realized that the Toyota production system had revolutionized the way that things were getting built because they were doing just in time production. They weren't carrying inventory. They weren't doing uh, supplier relationships just on the basis of historic relationships that have been around for decades they were like we're going to put this out to competitive bid you're going to deliver what we say when we say to which is we're going to tell you when we need it and you're not going to give us six months of inventory that we have to pay for in store and then have some dude who's building a car go climb a ladder to find a thing or whatever like we're going to do this intelligently uh, and porsche and volkswagen were both like not really building cars like that whereas toyota had figured out in the 80s that like that was the right way to make a car because it was more efficient in terms of the number of hours to take to build a car and you didn't have to carry like unnecessary random inventory and you would buy stuff competitively instead of like based on historical relationships Mm -hmm. with suppliers. That's the background of the 996 and then and the Boxster, right? So the what they did was we're just going to work with suppliers and have things be more sensible for Porsche, uh, but then we're going to take it and this started happening in the '93 probably when when Vento Wiedeking came out and came in in '92, uh, and so they said like for building the ni- late 964s and 993s in you know up until '97 '98 like we're just going to build these things more efficiently and then for the next generation of cars we're going to start thinking about it not just in terms of suppliers but also during the design phase like how Mm -hmm. can we reduce costs how can we share parts to the maximum i.e the fucking headlights of the boxster and the 996 which were
1: genius because remember that you know headlights are among the most expensive single component on a car and every time you have a light you have multiple lenses and and whatnot and a headlight with a separate turn signal and fog light was a very expensive thing to do Mm -hmm. integrating all three of those into things into a single unit a single unit that met all worldwide regulations So you and was shared between more than one car two cars exactly so 996 and 996 the Boxster both use that same mm-hmm. very very inexpensive relative to what
0: Yes, and that was Could a reflection of them being like, we are about to fucking go out of business. Yeah, we have to come up with like something that is just maximally efficient, mm-hmm. uh, cost efficient, yep. and f- for building these cars. And the interior architecture was the same way. Uh, but you can also see that as soon as they like started to Second make a little bit of money, of profit, <laughs> like that, they were like, okay, okay, we can unfuck this a little bit. Right. They came up with a dedicated headlight cluster specific to the 911s, for the which right. was used for the point two nine nine six point two, you know, turbo wide body, and all cars got that for year 2002 mm-hmm. uh, and then as soon as they had even a little bit more money in their pocket they again separated the headlights turn signals fog light assemblies mm-hmm. from each other for the 997 because they're like oh thank god that austerity measure that we had to do in order to not go out of business in the late 90s we have the you know some money in our bank that we can actually like separate this again so that it looks again like mm-hmm. a 911 instead of a boxer a or right. you know whatever so
1: the question is original is the most pure or 996.2.
0: I think that was a fairly light-handed facelift, generally. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the headlights are meaningfully different shaped, and the this cladding and the bumpers are all slightly restyled, but it's pretty subtle. You have to look, have looked at those cars a lot to, to notice.
1: Up. I mean, it's really the interior. The interior got a yeah. bunch of upgrades throughout. Yeah. I mean, the first year, 99 911s had a different dash than the 2000, and then in 2002, they got a, another. They were trying yeah. to get out of that. They were a trying to put, put as much distance. From between the, ir- the, the right.
0: Boxster and, and the 911, which they did. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it def- definitively, it's the later car, mm-hmm. but that was again done during under duress. The designer right. probably would have preferred that late that freedom later, but they're like, you have to use one headlight combination turn signal, right. headlight, fog light right. assembly, and because otherwise, you're not going to have a Porsche to work at in the yeah. future yeah. if you don't do this. And yeah.
1: I think the argument there is the 997, which is effectively a large facelift on a 996, was yeah. actually the better of, of them all, anyway. Yes,
0: and you so. see that dramatically in the interior too but again oh, yeah. it's them just being like okay now we can do what we actually wanted right. to do and so there are some external forces that caused them to maybe come up with a less appealing more compromised design as a survival mechanism you know yep. so that's a good example but again circumstances okay. uh, contextual
1: uh, i'm trying to think of other examples with a with a f- like e60 or e90 or e38 or, E65, or the,
0: E3. the later one oh you know you're, no, you're I'm on thinking the
1: well, I am trying to support where the where the ladder, the uh, uh, duress, no, just where the where the facelift car is just markedly better looking, yeah. Um, and I'm thinking all the other even even things like Nissan Sentra S E R like that body style Sentra 92 to 90 oh the first was gen yeah. was beautiful was a great it was a great yeah, looking a little 2002 e car and at the end they did the a taillight treatment that just wasn't as uh, wasn't as nice well
0: and you know that for those things because they continued to make them in Mexico for decades Tesoro, Suro, what are they called Suro yeah uh, they did the whole like clear diamond yep. effect taillight thing to make them because they were making them into yeah. the 2000s and they were like how do we make this 90s design yeah. You know, or like the City Golf. That's a... That's pretty amazing. That's an interesting one too, especially (laughs) because of the interior. Mm -hmm. City Golf is the South African continuation of making Volkswagen Mark 1s into like, when did they make? oh five oh nine something like... Recent. Recent. Uh, And you look at it from the outside and you're like, it's very clearly a Mark 1 Golf with like modern lights, but you get inside and you're like, this looks like a Mark 4 Golf interior. or something, yeah.
1: Yeah, like it's really wild. Canada did uh, City Golf and City Jetta again, Mark five when they went to mark six i think it was they hmm. kept the mark fives around uh and they just decontented the shit out of them and kept selling just them to keep an yeah. inexpensive a great, car yeah, a great that, way of doing it yeah i mean the that chevy is. has done this in the past with them you know they'll have the
0: oh caprices the, that were fleet only yep and they had and uh, D- dodge minivans dodge. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah but
1: there were there was another one there was uh what the hell was it there was when the Oh there's a recent Malibu class there was another one they kept the previous Malibu Mi and it was available to customers Oh really uh, for a year or two yeah um but that's not a facelift that's No we're, it's we're not this is we've, we've we've
0: diverted from the topic a little
1: bit I don't know if we Peugeot 505 Oh yes but
0: that's a bumper one and a headlight yeah It's a bumper no. and headlight
1: they, they could have done a square headlight. on this. So the U.S. cars had square headlights. So the Euro cars had these beautiful flush yeah. headlights. Yeah. And the U.S. early cars had twin rounds or single rounds. Yes, they did have twin, twin rounds. rounds. And then they With became the Paul
0: Brack interior, which is a little bit more... Do you know Paul Brack designed the interior of know. the original 505? No, I did not know these. Yeah. Huh. Uh, we have to fact check that, but I'm like 90% sure huh. that that was a Paul Brack interior. And then they did a facelift that made it less wacky, less right. French, more... Yeah. C- they were you know, if they're trying wet. to sell bmws yeah. uh, to, to bmw the customers, customers yeah. then they needed something that wasn't so like
1: french Weird. psychedelic yeah. uh, but they did the they did go to a square sealed beam yes which would have been legal at the beginning so yes. that was an aesthetic choice yeah and then they went there was another change in 88 i think it was with a different taillight again that was yeah not with as the good.
0: horizontal stripes mm-hmm. instead of the less yeah. bmw uh, yeah. e24 e23 looking and more with the layers yep but i colors. would say
1: the late 505 was better looking than the early the 505 i
0: agree but a lot of that's bumpers damn it body color bumpers
1: another one i'm trying to prove tom wrong uh alpha 164
0: maybe mm-hmm. i like i mean with the with the, the spicy ones with the sporty variants they're all yeah, basically the same but on the, on the side
1: kid the side skirts and yeah, the spoilers yeah. and stuff that were suckers but that, they kept those so. as
0: separate yeah. two-tone colors which on the non on the base cars they got rid of the two-tone.
1: 82 Chevy Cavalier versus 86 Chevy Cavalier.
0: No matches found. Like, I cannot visually <laughs> imagine what those cars were. The only cars like. had a big
1: headlight, a big single headlight, and the later cars had two smaller uh, rectangular. Oh, um, I can see
0: the latter one. Yeah. It looks like a celebrity. Which a was
1: bit. then not the same as the flush Euro headlights that were on the Cadillac, Cadillac Cimarron.
0: Yes, Because right. that's an Academy care.
1: Um, uh, yeah, this is an interesting peak. one. I'm the looking- six-headlight Cutlass in the 90s. Oh, <laughs> when I hear six headlights, I immediately think Lagonda. Oh yes.
0: Um, oh, they. Fa- speaking of Lagonda, they facelifted Lagonda, but this is a car where I think unequivocally, and, and I hear Tom's voice in my head saying, "The early one is the way to go with all the psychedelic stuff," and the, you know, the late one they they lost the plot. I like the late ones, but I agree yeah. the first one is a better looking design. E
1: thirty, that was a subtle facelift. Mm-hmm. So there were bumpers. So let's just forget about the U.S. cars because yes, the U.S. Because cars,
0: cars eighty seven and earlier are yep. just.
1: But the early Euro cars had those delicate little bumpers yes, and, and very whatever.
0: vintage car looking like an E twenty eight.
1: But in eighty seven, I think it was eighty seven. They all got a different cut line for the rear wheels. They raised the cut line for the rear wheels. Really? yeah I did not. Yeah, know because that. they always looked ass draggy. Yeah, like a, it was eighty seven. I think it was eighty seven.
0: I know um, that they uh, did the tail lights. I think oh they did the taillights a year before a year they did later. the bumpers right so yes. it was,
1: they were they were separated by a year but the first time they did the taillights they also raised the rear cut so the early cars the front fenders have a, a bigger higher peak than the. Uh, i mean all the cars are higher in the front than the lower but the, the ass looks draggy mm-hmm. and they fixed that and that was a fix so yes. i would say e30s looked best at the end
0: yeah i agree with that the small bumpers the late taillights
1: hear that tom <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a uh, that's a pretty unequivocal one. For but I me. think it's all of the exceptions that we found are really BMW. That's mm. that's interesting. BMW's LCIs tend to be and Mercedes. Mercedes. Yeah. Um. And 996 under duress under, under financial. We'll duress. give them we'll give them credit for that. All right. Is there anything not German that we can talk about? Sterling 825 to 827. No one knows about that. What
0: that. What I can only like. see one car in my head when you say those words. Well, an 827 SLI, which was well, the yes, hatchback. I
1: can see that. <laughs> It's um, just the,
0: the front-wheel drive version of the We need to we
1: find bought. a Japanese car. We talked about Camry. We talked about Sentra. We've talk, we need to find other Japanese cars that were better after the facelift. Not NSX. No, that did not work well. Other other cars. 2000 I can't tell the difference.
0: I can tell the difference, but I don't have a preference.
1: <gasps> NC2. Oh, excellent. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Excellent. Miata NC2 Unequivocally was way, way better, better looking than the NC1. And actually, NC3, I think, was yes. Be, what are, yeah? Yes. Because what they half, did with it.
0: the NC2 is it's got a chrome outline around the grill, which to me underlines the sportiness uh, of the car. So the first one yes. is the oval. right? NC1 is the oval. NC2 is the, the updated smiry. face, yeah. but it's it's Very chrome. With caprices. Uh, Yes. And NC3. And then that's just a black bar and a, a void.
1: There, right to get aggression. Out. Yeah. Uh, NC three for sure. Yeah. So that's there we go. There's a perfect example of a car that had two facelifts and got progressively, progressively better, better each time. Haha. All right. Okay. British we talked about British cars, sobs. Mmm. Mm. Nine thousand. I don't know what the nine thousand facelifts look like.
0: Well, originally the nine thousand had kind of vertical headlights, then they raked them back, and then when you think about the arrow, they got a lot slimmer. Mm. And they did a completely new back end for the hatchback.
1: Taurus. Remember, don't forget. Uh, oh, the 92? 80, 86 to 92 Taurus.
0: When they did the facelift in 92, yeah. where everything got slimmed a little
1: bit. And again, when they got rid of all the oval shit and from 96.
0: Oh, yes, yeah, in 04 or something like that. Well,
1: 96 was the first year of the oval car, Ovoid right? Oval car, with, yeah. And 96, then I 97. took them only a couple of years, I thought, to yeah, it was like that a,
0: shit a, down. Yeah, oh, was like 03, maybe. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, that was like a more conventionalized yeah. version because the other one was blobby
1: did Aztec like I'm trying to think the next the question that pops in my head is were there cars that were so unbelievably over the top where they had to rein it really back in I'm sure there are I'm sure there are I can't think of any
0: like that Um, ugly back end of the Honda core which I already talked about the the ovoid uh Taurus Taurus. yeah
1: cars that lost pop-up headlights never got better looking do they
0: uh oh Diablo would you be open to Diablo 6.0 that's a, that's a car where they did so much technical change yeah. that it's really hard to parse that from the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. But it lost pop-up headlights. Yeah. As time goes on, I do I th- the, the I used to strongly prefer the late ones and now as time mm. goes on as usual, then the earliest version starts to actually look pretty mm. good.
1: Okay. Interesting interesting
0: uh discussion. An interesting question. Yeah. yeah. Uh okay, well this I don't know what we learned here but we had a good time. Talked
1: about Faceless. I'm I'm curious to see what uh, people throw. Yeah, in people comments, come up with a lot of stuff right? that
0: we're just not thinking of yeah. right now in the comment section. Um, because of
1: course, it's not like we did any homework on this. No, no, we just started talking. Um, <laughs> if we had done homework, this could have been episode one, the yeah pie- episode. Oh my
0: goodness! We're just gonna every episode every now. Every episode. episode be when's be the Pi like, episode coming? Um, uh, right. Well, this has been episode 101 of the Carmonden Show, part of the Hagerty Podcast Network. Tune in next week unless we died at the hands of our rover. Which, if, if, now if where we even we find f- a okay. time to
1: go collect it. one day we'll see it in person
0: yes and hopefully, tell you all about it hopefully less time than it takes for a car to come across the ocean from europe
1: <laughs> okay that's the that's the goal
0: all right bye what is it jason hello, hello. Weren't, you
1: supposed, weren't you supposed to read something uh
0: read something oh uh yes um lucid had some mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. that they wanted us to to share yep. uh so yes what did they say let me read here once upon a time oh no wait uh every car Margin listener knows about the lucid air mm-hmm. the longest range fastest charging luxury electric car in the world it's mm-hmm. designed in california assembled in arizona and jason over there on your side of the screen Uh, has made more than a few videos about its incredible performance what you might not know about however is the special lease and finance offers available on 2023 models of the lucid air touring and grand touring get a new lease on electric visit lucidmotors.com for offer details uh i think that's all i have to say on that subject but anyway yeah like we've got a sponsor mega exciting uh is there anything else we needed to cover
1: no i think that's it okay
0: splendid